The shadows of storm and night. The mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs. You're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm Beck. And I'm Steph. Hey, Steph. Hi. What's going on today? I killed, how many do you think? Maybe four or five? About five. Yeah, this might offend somebody. Well, they they might, were, they're they, carpenter bees, though. Yeah, <laughs> killed carpenter bees with a tennis racket. They're trying to demolish my shed, and we can't be having that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big snake, at least three and a half feet long, coiled up right next to the grill. <laughs> yep. And so... I'm not afraid of snakes, but I know Becky is terrified. So oh, yeah. I'm like, I got to get rid of this. So I put the stake down next to the grill. I bend down to go grab it and it scoots behind the grill. So now I have to figure out how to get it. And I could see it. I waved my hand in front of its face. He didn't try to attack it. And then I just tapped its head. And then he <laughs> ran to the other, or not ran, but slithered, know, slid, <laughs> slithered <laughs> to the other side. And then... He did the same thing again. I tried to get him from that side, and then he came to the, the other side. So I finally just grabbed him, and then he pooped on me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call those again? Northeastern crab slingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have done it. I'm a punk. I can't handle the snakes. I think if Becky even knew there was a snake in her garage, she wouldn't even go in there. I wouldn't. Nope. <laughs> so I knew I had to get rid of it. And I've been a famous snake catcher since I was a child. She's Never. a snake wrangler. <laughs> I've been bitten many times, too. Really? Yeah. I got bit by a black, like, water snake. Oh, those are evil, too. Those are bad. They're a bit feisty. Oh, they're feisty. <laughs> they they chase me on the lawnmower because I live near the water here. So when I come across them, I try to stay far away because they will chase yeah, me on a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, they're thick and black. And mean. And they're a bit, yeah, they they make no hesitation to strike. Right. Where, what I found was a garter snake, but it was actually quite large. And they're very gentle. Yeah. So I've been bit at least three or four times wow. by grabbing them as a kid. You'd have like two holes and blood running down your arm. So what's today's show about, Steph? White-eyed children. That's right. You've heard of the black-eyed kids or the B-E-Ks, but have you heard of the W-E-Ks? And I hadn't heard about this till very recently. How about you? Never heard of it at all. And when you sprung this upon me, I was like, wow, this is a new thing for me. And when you hear about the white-eyed kids, they almost seem scarier and more menacing than the black-eyed kids. Yeah, I I didn't get a chance to learn a whole lot of it, but they're similar. Right. But there's some other scary elements that I was surprised before we actually dive into the white-eyed kids, we need to make a differentiation because there are accounts as parents are taking photos of their children where in the photo, the eyes come out white. And that's actually called white eye reflex or leukocoria. And that occurs when the pupil, the black part of the eye, appears white instead of black. And that usually happens in photos. So it's just a sign of possible cataracts, Coates disease, a problem with the blood vessel in the eye, retinoblastoma, retina detachment, or retina abnormalities. 
This that we're going to be talking about today is something completely different and more on a paranormal level. Let's get into the descriptions of white-eyed kids or white-eyed children, W.E.K.'s. It's coming off as an urban legend or folklore, much like the B.E.K.'s. Their abilities are a bit different. They have mind control abilities, teleportation, brainwashing, and hypnotism. Beings who bear few similarities to the famous black-eyed children. But they also share several contrasts with them. So much so, some paranormal investigators believe that they are true masters of the B.E.K.'s. Much like the B.E.K. encounters, the white-eyed children, or W.E.K. for short, are known to knock on doors or car windows. However, unlike the B.E.K.'s, who travel in groups, primarily duos, the white-eyed children are reportedly seclusive and rarely appear in groups when interacting with their victims. They are also typically sighted in isolated areas such as the woods or campgrounds. Nice. Nice. Right. So that's just one more reason not to go camping stuff. We, we've come up with about 50 now. <laughs> Besides the natural things that are bad enough, like snakes or spiders or whatever, now we have to worry about white-eyed kids. kids that show up in the woods. Exactly. And also, you know, missing 411. Right. And unlike their relatives, they don't need permission to get inside a victim's house. You know, the black-eyed kids are like, let us in. Mm -hmm. Instead, they suddenly appear inside where they motionlessly stare at the witness without an iota of emotion. Maybe it was like, how'd you get in here? <laughs> the door was unlocked. <laughs> also, unlike the BEKs, white-eyed children are powerful telepaths using mind control to communicate. The witnesses often report not feeling anything odd with their conversation with a white-eyed child until they vanish into thin air or see their eyes. Many also claim to have seen the children stare at them for weeks or even days after the initial encounter. Those are the white-eyed children driving trucks down the road. It's getting crazy out there every time we start. <laughs> <laughs> they also often find handprints on their car windows implicating that they were being followed. Some attribute the white-eyed children to messengers of death as they were often shown appearing prior to the deaths of someone the witness knew to mean that they're most likely there to warn of impending death. So what do you think of that stuff? It's a lot scarier, I think. I think the black-eyed kids are scary enough, but they seem like they've up won them. They up one. <laughs> they up four them. Maybe they train. They're like, first they are black-eyed kids, and then they go through, like, training, oh, yeah. training camp, and then they're white-eyed kids. So it's almost like when Gandalf became the white wizard. Gotcha. That makes sense. Now, if we go into a different perspective of this, I found a write-up from beyondtheedgeofreality.wordpress. The first demon was created by Lucifer, an archangel, after God banished him from heaven for refusing to revere humans. In revenge, he took human woman, Lilith, and stripped her humanity away to make her the first demon. For this offense, God commanded Michael to imprison Lucifer in a cage in hell. There are some that say that each demon's eyes has a different meaning and may stand for the power that was said the demon may have. So... This person was asking around and did some research and found that specific colors could have influences on the said demon. White being that they are demons' chief of staff. So there you go, Steph. Your theory is right. Hmm. Yellow being the demons are armies' generals. Reds or red being that they are deal makers. Black being that they are devils' henchmen and minions. This is all contrary to what the Bible says demons are without form and of void. They have never been born before and have never lived amongst the living. 
And if this is so, then the theories may be wrong. Why would a demon have to have any colors in their eyes? And if so, and if this is true, are the white-eyed kids demonic? And then this person says he saw one back in 1977. It is said that demons do not take form, but what of a cherry demon or sherry demon? Have you heard of this stuff? No. C-H-E-R-I. It is said that these types of demons can manifest as children. This leads this writer to believe that the continued reports of seeing white-eyed children could very well be a sherry demon. The reports he's researched from time to time do not match the said descriptions that are listed for the sherry demon. Some of the reports of the white-eyed kids have included similarities with the sherry demons. So they have telekinesis or mind control. And the reports have mentioned destruction of objects and property. Levitation has been seen or reported in some of the witnesses' testimonies. There were a few witnesses that stated in the reports that the children they saw had superhuman strength and that some of the things that they saw, they tore them apart. And that would have taken superhuman strength. Yet these were children that were small and petite and innocent looking. The children seemed to have white hair or blonde hair. And they were around the ages between 9 and 16 years. And most of the reports came from rural farm areas and most notably around Native American areas. And these are reports coming in and filtering in from around the country. So the truth is there's little known about the white-eyed children, but we do have some stories going forward about these scary little village of the damned children. Yeah. Concerning a man who says that in 2013 he was living with his brother and his brother's girlfriend in a fairly small southern town. He claims that one day he went for a ride in his truck at around 3 a.m. Well, 3 a.m., I'm just going to pause right there. <laughs> yeah, we everyone, know what time that is. Yeah, everyone knows that that's the witching the hour. bad time. Mm -hmm. And on the way back, stopped at a small grocery store to get some cigarettes. Parking his vehicle around the corner, it was as he was getting back into his pickup truck to head back home that the weirdness began with a tapping at his window. When he looked to see what the source was, he says that there was a young boy of around eight or nine years of age standing there just beyond the glass. The child was standing there completely motionless, and when asked what he wanted, merely politely asked the witness to roll the window down. The witness says, my hand started to reach for the crank, but I stopped myself. That pit in my stomach was starting to feel wrong. I shook my head and asked, what do you need, kid? Another few seconds before, the kid replied, Mister, I think I'm lost. I started to realize that besides this kid's mouth moving, he hasn't budged at all since knocking on my window. No change in facial expression, nothing. Where are your parents? I realized that my voice was starting to quaver. What the fuck? I'm a veteran. I'm not easily intimidated, and this is just a child. He said, I can't find them. Can you drive me home? Please take me home. Just unlock the doors and I'll get in. At this point, I feel like something's up. I look away from the kid for the first time to make sure I'd put my keys in the ignition. Check. I glanced over my right shoulder, wondering if this kid was bait for some kind of robbery. But there weren't even cars behind me for about a block, let alone people standing nearby. I'm psyching myself out. This kid needs some help, I told myself. So I looked back at the kid and my blood ran cold. Why hadn't I noticed before? The kid has no pupils. Fuck, he doesn't even have irises. It's just white. Not like he's blind where the pupils are milky, just fucking stark white eyes. 
Shit. He still hasn't moved a muscle. Then I notice the skin, pale, almost translucent. The witness by this point was feeling terror overcome him in the presence of this thing. Nameless dread and sense of impending doom washing through him. And his shaking hand started up the ignition. The kid up to this point was still rather calm, timid, and pleading. But upon realizing that the witness was about to leave, his whole demeanor soured, taking on an ominous tone. The witness explains, As soon as that thing standing outside my truck heard the engine fire, he scowled and started knocking on the window. Not the light tapping from before, but hard. Mister, just let me in your truck and take me home. It's okay. I don't know how, but I could feel his voice more than hear it. Where previously, what he was saying was hard to make out. I threw the truck into drive and peeled out of there. Glancing in the rear view only once and I'd cleared a full block, the kid still had barely moved and only turned his head to face me. What the fuck, I kept yelling to myself. I couldn't say anything else. I just kept driving at probably 15 miles per hour over the limit and I'm pretty sure I blew through a couple of stop signs. It wasn't until I actually pulled into my driveway that I realized I was heading towards home. I put the truck in park and took a few breaths to calm myself. After I got my bearings, I looked outside and realized that it was dark out, late twilight, almost night. I looked at my watch, which read 7.01. I was no more than five miles away from that tobacco shop, but it took me almost two and a half hours to get home. When did I lose that time? He claims that he sat there shaking in his truck for a full 20 minutes, wondering if that creepy kid had followed him and was perhaps milling around in the shadows. And when he finally worked up the courage to get out and stumble into his house, where he locked all the doors and patrolled the residence with a handgun, when the brother and girlfriend came home, he told them what had happened, and they didn't really take it seriously. Nevertheless, it was upsetting enough that he skipped work the following day and says that he was plagued by a sense that he was being constantly watched. The following day, he finally got back to his job as IT personnel at a hospital, still wary and stashing his gun in the glove compartment just in case. And the story would take a rather strange turn as was getting his truck from the parking garage to head home, he says. Then I saw the handprints, two goddamn kid-sized handprints on the driver's side door and two on the windshield. Greasy, nasty fucking handprints. I looked around at the truck, down the parking aisle, nothing. So I unlocked the truck, stepped in, closed and locked the door behind me, then pulled the pistol out of the glove box. I started to put the key in the ignition, but I didn't feel quite right about that. I wondered, that little fucker was all over my truck. What if he did something to it? So I got back out, holstered the Glock, I'd worn the holster but can't bring the pistol into the hospital, and popped the hood. I'm not much of a mechanic, so I didn't exactly know what to look for. I guess I wanted to make sure everything looked normal. Reasonably satisfied, not that I'd really recognize sabotage at a glance anyway, I got back into the truck and locked the door as it was closing. I turned the ignition, and no problems there. Once I put it in gear, I drove slowly and brake checked, just to make sure the brake line wasn't fucked with. I got home just fine, though. 
The house was empty as usual. As soon as the rain let up, I took my camera outside, hoping to take a photo of the handprints. But they'd washed off, of course. I'm getting sick of this shit. He insists that the only entrances to the parking garage were guarded and that the handprints had not been there when he arrived. Vehicles seem to be popular targets for these creatures. First of all, to me, that sounds like a white walker from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, Steph, don't worry about the swearing you're reading their accounts. So, you know, throw yeah. a few fuckers out there. And <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Another similar report along these lines come from a Reddit user who says he had his brush with the bazaar while at a 24-hour shopping center at a car park waiting for a friend around 10 p.m. And he claims that as he sat there, lost in his thoughts, a young kid suddenly popped out of nowhere to tap on his window and ask for a ride. The witness asked him where his parents were, but the boy merely repeated that he was lost and needed a ride home. Things only got more harrowing from there, as the witness says. This was definitely weird. I looked at him again, and then I did a double take. Holy shit, his eyes were white. Not just white around the edges, but unending white through the entire eye. No iris, no pupil, just a solid wall of light. I really don't know why, but I felt myself smiling slightly as I gazed at him. Then my thoughts began to collect again. It must have been about three seconds. Uh, sorry, kid. I have to go. I immediately regretted replying. But you have to take me, the kid replied. I don't know how, but I could feel his voice more than hearing it. His words began echoing in my mind longer than it should have. Uh, no, kid. I have to go. I started panicking. The kid replied again, this time with something indescribable behind his voice. I'm lost, and I just want to go home. I don't know how at this point, but it was as if someone had put the kid's voice on loudspeaker. And as he spoke, I felt as though a booming was resonating from within the kid. The force of the kid's voice was so strong... I felt strongly sympathetic to the kid, almost like I was being forced to by him. Anyway, with the last ounce of control I had left, I turned the car on and I slammed on the accelerator. The kid immediately shouted, No, take me with you. At this point, it was though the kid's voice was a machine gun firing into me. I immediately sped to the nearest exit in a dreamlike state and drove off into the night. My friend at this point could find his way back to the house, which he did later, so he just left his friend there. <laughs> While driving and exiting from the car park, I could still feel his voice resonating within me, and at amplified volume. The force of his voice it was though I had been picked up and violently shaken by the kid, whose voice was so clear, and my unconscious was analyzing every nuance and inflection of what he had said, like I was being forced to. There was so much force behind it. And in an incredibly eerie similarity to the previous report, the witness said that when he got back into his apartment, an ominous thunderstorm started up. And he would notice an anomalous handprint on his car, he explains. There was a tremendous thunderstorm, and I noticed flashes, although I didn't see it, of lightning when I was at my apartment building. I live in a complex. I opened up a huge metal door to get in, and it was soaking wet. There was a handprint on it. I only noticed when I looked down to pull at the handle about the same height of a small child that they would place their hands 
The handprint was white, and although the whole door was dripping with water, the handprint seemed to be made of recently dried paint. I touched it and looked up and felt it in my hand just to make sure it was paint. It was. I looked down again, the handprint within two seconds span of me sampling it, and looking up had gone from white to clear, from the rain dripping on the door. I touched it again and felt it. It was paint, but by now it was completely soaked with water and far more fluid than it was before indicating it being soaked. I looked down again. It had vanished. I put my hand on where the paint had been, but it was nothing but a metal door behind it. For some reason, I looked behind me. Of course, there was no one there. I went inside and made my way up to my apartment. I have not encountered any white-eyed kids since, or any being of supernatural type for that matter. Very interesting. I think the first story, he could sense from this kid there was something or you like you pick up that that sense but the thing that blew me away the most was that missing time that's scary how did he not realize just driving around like a zombie i mean i've done that i've driven and gone man i got home really quick how did i do that these wild encounters are remarkably similar they they seem to share a lot in common with the typical black-eyed kid encounters such as the child approaching a lone witness in a secluded place such as a rural house or a car at night as well as pleading to be let in for the witness to help them For some reason, these entities seem to be unable to enter a home or a vehicle unless they are specifically invited to do so, and they will often become increasingly aggressive and malevolent if refused, just as in these accounts. It always seems that they cannot force their way in unless specifically invited, and in most cases when the menacing children eventually give up and leave, the victim is left exasperated, confused, and with profound sense they had just avoided some sort of dire fate. The irrational fear that can come crashing in like a sudden wave in these reports is also a hallmark of black-eyed kids. But there are some differences. And in this case, there's obviously the color of the eyes, but there's also that unusual mention of lost time, like you had just said. And in one of the reports, as well as in the additional harassment and evidence that's left behind in the form of the handprints after the initial encounters, that's not really typical with BEKs. Another interesting white-eyed kid report was given on the site Phantoms and Monsters by a witness who says that on this day he had been out with some friends swimming in a lake and jumping off a cliff into the water below, and that for most of the time they had been alone. However, at one point another group arrived, and along with them a sense that something was not quite right. He explains, A truck arrived with a tall, thin guy, maybe 16, and two girls around the same age. It was then they arrived and started jumping off the cliff too that I became uneasy. I asked my friends if we could start biking home, and they were like, sure. As I got on my bike, I turned back around to take one last look, and the guy was staring at me, but I noticed that he had only white eyes, no color, no pupil, nothing. At the time, I hadn't even heard of white-eyed kids, so I googled people without pupils and nothing came up. It was weird as fuck, but true. This is a bit different from black-eyed kids' encounters and that BEKs are never seen driving vehicles. Well, we obviously know we have them driving down our road right now. Right now. They're relentless. They're chasing <laughs> UFOs. They are. It's a mess out there. It's like World War Three. But wasn't that for that bar across the street, they probably wouldn't, the aliens and, and the black-eyed kids and the white-eyed kids wouldn't show up. Exactly. <laughs> BEKs never seen driving vehicles, indeed usually needing to be given a ride, and they also tend to avoid approaching groups of people preferring solitary prey. In another case from Phantoms and Monsters, we have a report given by a K. Mitchell, who had his encounter in 2005 at the Petrified Forest National Park in the state of Arizona. He claims that the road he was on was bleak and empty, with no other cars around. 
and that at sunset he pulled his car over to the side of the road to take a rest. Have a smoke. I think the problem is these, all these people smoke. They target. And it brings them yeah. right in. <laughs> yep. That's how I attract people when I'm in the city. <laughs> you just light up a cigarette. And they just start coming around corners. Gotcha. <laughs> Do I have a smoke? So they have a smoke and check his maps. He got out of the car, and that was when he saw something pretty odd out there in the middle of nowhere. He says of the terrifying string of events that would happen next. I got out to have a smoke and checked the map, and out of nowhere there was a kid who looked maybe 13 in a hoodie and jeans. She asked if I would give her a ride. I couldn't because I was packed to the gills in the middle of moving, so I declined but offered to let her use my phone so she could call someone. I even offered to wait with her until someone picked her up. She became livid and gave me a grimace, which is when I noticed the eyes, purely white. I opened my trunk and grabbed a sandwich and bottle of water. I would have grabbed, like, a stick. An axe. <laughs> yeah. A tire iron. Baseball. Tennis racket, the kind that kills bees. Okay. <laughs> within, within a week, I was in the hospital with complete renal failure, with no idea from the doctors why it happened and ended up flatlining twice. Oh, my God. Wow. Maybe it was the sandwich he ate. It could have been. He pulled that sandwich out. And the cigarettes. <laughs> Shut down his kidneys. <laughs> I didn't think much about it until I was telling my Nana from Norway about it, and she told me they're death harbingers. What's the most unnerving is the fact I had seen her a few more times afterwards in multiple cities and states. That's scary. This account is interesting in that it paints the entity as a portent of death of misfortune, perhaps even the cause of it. And indeed, it seems like bad things happen when people let the black-eyed kids get too close or allow them in as well. In a way, many of these accounts seem to point to the white-eyed kids being some version of their more well-known black-eyed brethren. So is there some link between them? Oh, yeah, they're, they're cousins. Yeah. Turn around, white-eyes, every now and then I fall apart. And I need you more tonight. So what's more scary to you, Steph? Black eyes or white eyes? I I think they're both equally scary, but the the white-eyed kids seem like they have some what of an advantage, like more powers or something. The only thing I don't get is if they're like harbingers of death, why are the people that are reporting it not dead? <laughs> well, there is a god out there that's maybe protecting everybody. I don't know. Okay, gotcha. Maybe we have uh, angels. And that whole thing with the demons, like technically all spirits... Don't have human forms, but for some reason, ghosts will appear in a human form. Angels will appear in a human form. So it doesn't surprise me that demons take on a weird form or a human form. Right. And I feel like they don't do it because they're already ugly in, in their essence, you know, that they can't look normal. Well, okay. They might try to. There's, There's always something, be something off. off. Yeah, that makes sense. One thought on white-eyed kids' eye color. The debate still goes on as to what the actual nature of the black-eyed kids and the white-eyed kids are, but I lay my money on them being some form of demon. Again, that being said, I think the eye color could be significant. Why do you think they appear as children? Most people would agree that mammals are wired just to trust other mammalian children, regardless of the species, the familial affiliation, with some exception. We generally treat infants' children as something that is not dangerous and relatively innocent. Demons would know this and use it to their advantage, I would think. I agree, and I... I want to hear a story of someone who actually let these fuckers in. <laughs> I want Don't to know. you? 
I know. I want to hear this. Okay. I let him in or I drove him home or whatever. I want to know what that experience would be like. Cause they're all like, everyone's, you know, spidey senses are up right. when, when they come. So they're like scared and they don't want to help them. But I've never. And the people one. that let the black eyed kids in always have some sort of problem. Yeah. Either a health issue with them or their spouse or something, something weird. Yeah. I but agree. do we think they're demonic or otherworldly? Could be both. Village of the Damned. Like the, it sounds like demons are desperate, though. Like, they, they can't do it any other way. You know, like, they're, I, th- I feel like they're doing it out of desperation. Like, all right, we're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, organizing. What can I come up with today to kind of trick somebody to do what I want them to do to invade their life? Yeah. I've been trying to analyze it and think which one would scare me more if I opened the door and there was a black-eyed kid or a white-eyed kid. White eyes, feel like that one guy was saying... If they had an eye issue, it would be kind of cloudy, not right. completely white. I wouldn't think that white eyes were the scarier one because you might think, okay, they might be blind. Or a black eye, you don't ever see that. No. I'm going with black eye I'm, yeah, for I me. The black eye. My mother disagrees. She thinks the white eyes are scarier. But I'm with you. It could be like cataracts or it could look like... We're so used to Game of Thrones white walkers and stuff that we're just like, eh, whatever. Do you think because we've been so bombarded by all this different you know, sci-fi or horror, different genres that show weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think most of the kids that are, like, looking down at their cell phones, like, 24-7, if they saw anything, they'd be like, eh. Yeah, they probably would. <laughs> Meh. They'd probably be like, yeah, hey, um, Mom, there's this little kid out front who's got white eyes. Can we let him in? Why is it so? That sounded like a giant monster truck. <laughs> I just have to tell our listeners that uh, we live across the street from a river lake and bar that's very active so we have motorcycles we have boats yachts uh freighters <laughs> and a giant german shepherd that lives next and, to yes <laughs> and it's summertime so be prepared for the ufo highway to be very active and we apologize there's not much we can do we've soundproofed this place the best we could even lack of oxygen. Yeah. We can barely breathe in here. We don't. <laughs> Robin Williams is guarding our window. Robin. <laughs> they have no idea what that Yeah. <laughs> well, folks, thanks for tuning in and listening. Tuning in? Do they tune in? This isn't really a radio station. But thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you. And we really appreciate the emails that we've been getting, the words of encouragement and how much you love the show. And uh, that just makes it all worth it for us. So if you'd like to get a hold of us or send us an encouraging email or anything like that, just send it to to the spiritpod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us on all the major platforms. Shouldn't be a problem. We should be there. Now, if you're sitting in your truck in a parking lot at 3 a.m. and someone comes, like a little child comes and taps on your window, just hand them a cigarette. Give them what they want. <laughs> it's all about cigarettes, folks. Thanks, everyone. To the spirit podcast. Supernatural science. I'm ghost. Psychic. Mystic. Spirit. Divine source. Heaven. The dead. It's magic, magic.